temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right. We, we are back at it. <laughs> Okay, I don't know. It's uh, you get kind of, you get a little goofy when you're up so early, you know. <laughs> That's what That's they all tell I can me. Say. <laughs> but it's good to see you guys. Uh, in fact, uh, I always like to say too that uh, if you have a real estate type of question, uh, call it in or text it in. Same number applies six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. And I also always like to ask you guys how was since we spoke last last week. Yeah. What uh, what's the market been like? individually here for you guys. Well, I'll tell you, we, we both uh, have parade of homes, uh, places, and those have been uh, fantastic. The The traffic's been good, The um, and the quality of traffic has been good, too. For sure. Yeah, they, uh, there's a lot of people out there that I think are really going to take advantage of these uh, rate drops. We had another rate drop this week. I don't know if you guys noticed or not. And um, and uh, anyway, the uh, if you hear a clicking during the show, that's Chris hitting his timer so he gets equal talk time today. No, Andy said before the show, he goes, hey, you got to use this little timer well, to like see if a, I, like I a, talk more like than a, him. It's like a debate. It's yeah. like two brothers splitting a pizza before yeah. we eat it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, it's been fan- actually fantastic. So the rates um, this week, you know, and, uh, and uh, the feds dropped the rates a little bit. Mortgage rates, it didn't really affect too much yet, but sometimes it, it does based on unemployment, based on bonds and all these other things that go on out there. But uh it, uh, it rates are some of the lowest we've seen in the last ten years, so they're fantastic. That's amazing. It's yeah. awesome. Ooh. Yeah, and I mean, let's face it. I mean, consumer confidence is what drives all of the uh, the real estate market, and you start seeing that. Uh, we're definitely starting to uh, see the upper bracket get some action again, uh, getting offers, um, people excited out. We just listed uh, one in the million three range and had six showings right away on it. You know, mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah, it's there's. I mean, there's people out there. They're ready. I mean, usually in the fall, I'm telling you on the upper bracket, they start coming out because they've been so busy, and uh, it's like, hey, we don't want to lose it again. So, no, that's true. And I think that that you know your your uh, property that you're talking about there too was a lakefront property, which I think does make a difference. You know, what the when you say upper bracket, you know, anything that's over that, what in your opinion is over what seven fifty. Yeah, I mean, that is what upper right. bracket is. Yep. Yeah, and so when you get into that category, you have, you know, where properties that are exceptional, like the lot's exceptional, the land is exceptional, it really becomes important. I think that that's one of the things that we've learned here in the last, I don't know, a couple of years. We've watched that some of these high-end properties, just because they're a high-end price doesn't mean that they have demand on them because the you really have to put the, the time and effort in on the front end when you're buying the property, making sure that you actually have the, you know, the right lot, the right house, the right floor plan, that, uh, you know, hits that category or that buyer's taste, you know? You know, a lot of people talk about, um, you know, listed houses in the fall and maybe it's too late to kind of hit the market and that is just not the case. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have the right house and, you know, it's, but it, it changes quickly. I mean, you got to kind of hit it fast uh, if you're going to put it on. And so if you're getting it on, I mean, sometimes capturing those, the, the leaves and the color um, mm-hmm. are, are make for fabulous photos. And uh, it, it makes people excited, but those fabulous photos and those leaves only last so long. Right. And so you got to kind of hit it right. And, uh, 
we're going to try to hit on a lot of past text questions that we never seem to get to every okay. day and if there's other Good. ones that come in. But um, that one of those uh, text questions involves pricing and how to price a home. And uh, I just think there's there's so many things with it. And it also depends when you put it on the market and, and how you're going to price it and kind of having a strategy. So, But we got lots of stuff about personal property, contract for deeds, uh, inspections, uh, a holdover agreement. We'll see if anyone knows what a holdover mm. agreement is. And then uh, what kind of uh, some repairs that people think they should make and stuff as well. All right. Again, uh, if you want to uh, call in your question, 651-989-9226. Again, same number for text, uh, 651-989-9226. Speaking of which, one just came in. How much time do you give a homeowner selling to get out so you can do a showing? <laughs> That's the <laughs> struggle of my life on a daily basis. No, you know, I think that there's times where as a seller, you have to be in the right mindset. So you you now are going from a home that's lived in where it's, you know, you have all the, the control of your time. And when you, you take three hours to make dinner or whatever it is, when you're for sale, somebody driving down the street might call their real estate agent on their way to another showing and say, hey, can we see this house in a half hour? They're not trying to upset you. They're not trying to inconvenience you. They just want to buy your house. And so you have to change your strategy and thoughts. And, and a lot of people, like I say, when, when they have another place that they can even, when you get a lot of showings, just staying out of the house itself, turning the lights on and just staying away so that burden doesn't fall onto you personally is probably a great strategy. So stay fluid. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's super important. And it's uh, also super important to get every showing you possibly can into the door, you know, and Listing a house is not convenient, and I think people uh, need to understand that. When your house goes on the market, it's not convenient. I mean, you got to have your beds made, the dishes done, mm-hmm. everything cleaned up, vacuumed at all times because you never know when you get that one showing. And I think some people are like, oh, I just don't have time. I, I need at least two hours' notice. Mm-hmm. Just remember when you do that, when you say, mm-hmm. hey, I need a two-hour notice and it goes in there, sometimes they'll just skip over it. Mm-hmm. You know, rather they'll see it when they go on their computer because that's what we do. It goes and it won't show up and say, hey, the earliest you can show it is at uh, 2 o'clock today. You know, well, I'm running around. It's it's between 12 and 1. I thought that might work for him because I drove by it, you know, yep. saw what the price was. I don't know how I missed it on the MLS, but it might have been a good one. Now we skip it. It's not in the rotation. You go off to another one and maybe they buy a different one. Well, it's real simple. I mean, I, I think that some of us have our searches dialed in so specific. Like I only want a four-bedroom or more house or I only want three bedrooms and a laundry room together on the upper level or whatever. And then you miss Houses. I think there's sometimes if you take a little extra time when you're getting into a niche market, maybe a you know specific neighborhood, school district, or whatever, you may almost want to take the search pride you know criteria off of that house just so you can see everything that's coming up because you're at the mercy of the real estate agent that listed that house too. What if they put the wrong stuff in the MLS and then all of a sudden you miss that house and you miss that opportunity? So. I would say, like like Denny's uh, phrase, staying fluid, um, you know, and, and understanding that, you know, sometimes you have to change your technique and, and be okay to do that change up in the middle of your game. Yeah, I tell you, you talk about uh, the wrong information in listings, and uh, we've had it before where you've had clients that say, hey, we only want a three-car garage. Yep. Well, all of a sudden there's a two in there, and it's really a three-car garage. You're driving by and say, what? Mm-hmm. Gosh, I, how did I miss that one? Well, they missed. They messed it up, you know. And it says two versus three, and that's a big mess up there. Yep. Or even with bedrooms, and sometimes bedrooms, um, what people classify as bedrooms in the MLS, what they state as bedrooms, 
is mm-hmm. what the city says is a bedroom. Mm-hmm. And so different cities say different things. So there's some cities that say, hey, you have to have a closet to be considered a bedroom. There's other cities that don't say that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and you know, and today with um, all the IKEA stuff and, the, yeah. you know, you can create closets really quick and put them in there. But I think people, when they say, oh, gosh, there's only three bedrooms and maybe there was a fourth that didn't have a closet, they just didn't count it as that, yep. that it could have worked for them. So I, I agree with you. I think you got to kind of, um, leave that search just a little more open. And mm-hmm. the other thing is, is with when people price houses, they're um, <laughs> sometimes they try to price it a little high, mm-hmm. you know, so they have some negotiating room, yep. you know. And sometimes that uh, kind of misses your criteria uh, because you said, you know what, I only the highest I want to go is five hundred thousand, so yeah. I'm going to put it at five hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, you might want to just sneak that up to 525, maybe yep. 550, uh, because there could be an opportunity there to be able to look at it. And, you know, it's not going to probably happen mm-hmm. the first day it's on the market. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if it sits or you get a realtor that knows the area, you know, because uh, I see a lot where people are adjusting like real fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, within seven, 10 days, they're, hey, right. we're trying it which I think is just wrong. I think right. it's so wrong because everyone's waiting for it to come on and then they pounce on it. And if the price is wrong, they don't go in there thinking that, hey, you know what, that seller's just thinking, gosh, we just put it on the market. Right. We're going to list it a little higher, but we'll always take lower. Buyers don't think that. They think, hey, this is what the price is. Mm-hmm. If we're going to get it. Gosh, other people want it. we got to give them at least full price or maybe more. But I think that's the ultimate argument had in today's marketplace is that the buyer uh, or the seller, excuse me, and the agent both have an opinion on price. And so the seller is, you know, there's a lot more tools out there for sellers now to give themselves an opinion on, you know, the different value of that property. And, and the challenge is, is that some sources are not correct. Some sources are really good estimates based on algorithms, based on, you know, pulling data from a county website. And so you're going there and you're assuming that a human has looked at this and said, yep, this is a good number for that house. And it's just a computer generated made up number. So tell you what, we have uh, some text messages we can grab when we come back. But well, we do have to take our usual quick break here. 651-989-9226 is the number for your phone call or text messages concerning real estate. This is the Real Estate Show here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to the Real Estate Show here on CCO. Uh, we have uh, textures. We have callers. I tell you what, there's a line open if you want to fill it with your real estate question via phone. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six, or send a text. Same number applies. Speaking of which, guys, uh, do you ever? I bet you've had this question a few times. Do you ever allow the seller to be there when showing to answer questions? <laughs> Little touchy. <laughs> Well, I I would say. I mean, if I had to, say if an I had answer, a mute no. button, yes, yeah. I'd say yes, I would. But it, yeah. There's but always that, you know. There's some good ones, too, that can give you I know, benefit. I know, but, you know, Chris, there's always that, you know, that little extra kind words that are added at the end that maybe make people get that, hmm. And then when you're speaking to someone, you know, just here's the difference between receiving a text and and, and actually talking to someone. You can read them, right? The problem I have with people face-to-face is that now you're giving up all your cards. You can Most people can read your body language and tell if you're telling the truth, if you're misleading, if you're trying to be overly selly, you know, if you yeah, will. Sure. That's a technical word, Chris. But, but sometimes you also get past it because they've met that person where they maybe had thoughts of, geez, this is probably wrong, this is wrong, and all of a sudden they meet the people and they're like, oh, my gosh. Uh, what's what fantastic people. There's no way they could be that way. So I think it, it really depends. But 
I don't think there's any chance I would want them to be there like on the first showing because the other thing is is it doesn't make um, a buyer comfortable. Yeah. You know, they they can't talk freely. I mean, it's even when an agent, uh, like the listing agent's there, you know, and a, and a lot of times on some of the bigger listings, um, they want the agent there and mm-hmm. for good reason because mm-hmm. they can answer the questions because there's no way another agent coming in can answer everything about that house. You know, and, and you're right. And so here's a quick com- combination of a, uh, things that have happened. So the ring doorbells are really nice, right? So I have a client this week that was literally sitting there, and we have a request for showing, kind of going back to our last segment, and they wanted to see the house in literally 25 minutes. The the we, we couldn't do it. We were we were busy doing twins or something like that. We couldn't get there, get the dog, turn the lights on, whatever. So we said, hey, can you reschedule? Boy, that really upsets my clients. My clients have been searching and looking, and there's this whole story that comes with why they're upset that we couldn't do this showing. Well, now they reschedule the showing, and on the ring doorbell that automatically turns on their phone while they're having dinner down the street, turns on, and this person's being introduced to the people right in front of us. Hi, nice to meet you guys. Oh, yeah, thanks for finding us on the website there, and, uh, you know, hope you like us. And I was so upset with the agency, lack of agency. There, I mean, they're not under contract. They're not under whatever. And, you know, you sit there and you – there's a perception game being had there. And and there's – so what I'd say is this. We're all trying to help people buy houses. So work together collectively. You don't have to add that extra spice or that extra bit of the story. Be straightforward. Be honest. And and just, you know, tell us the truth. You know, hey, uh, these are some new clients for me. I, I haven't met them yet. I really want to impress them. Can we try to get out there tomorrow night? I'd say, absolutely. Let me help you out. You know, instead of lying to me and tell, you know, so it's just, Let's be honest with each other, work hard together, and we can get the customer what they ultimately want. Yeah, and I think, house. you know, there, there are some sellers that want you there um, at yeah. the house. Just I mean, to explain things. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that an agent doesn't have to do, that's the, the listing agent that's mm-hmm. there. They can certainly introduce themselves. Hey, I can, I can do anything with you. But stalking them and walking around and following them the whole time yep. is not comfortable. And so it's, it's kind of one of those things that, um, you know, I say it to agents. I mean, ask your client how they feel about the other agent that's going to be there and prep them ahead of time mm-hmm. so you know what it is. And then talk to that agent and just say, hey, you know what, Andy, um, my client really wants to see this house. And if we have questions, we'll come out there. And you know what? Hey, no problem. I'll wait outside on the front porch here and be able to answer any questions that you want. You mm-hmm. know, because you first of all, you want to make them comfortable because if right. they're not comfortable, they're just going to whip around it real quick and not uh, look. And they got to be honest and be able to talk to each other, too, without right. being afraid mm-hmm. that their position marketing or negotiation position is in jeopardy. Well, and I think there's other things too, Chris, that, you know, sometimes a seller wants to have represented, which is you as an agent being at the showing, for an example, that's something that's done sometimes in really high end, you know, uh, properties. And that's to make sure that the client, when they're walking through is, you know, hit with a highlight sheet, you know, basically where you're pointing out, Hey, did you notice the rounded corners? Did you notice how we transition from a teak floor down to the whatever concrete floor or something that's like, you know, unusual, and then the people appreciate that because that may be part of why your price was established where it is, is because of some of those custom features. The problem I have with that is just what Chris just said, is that the people will look at that and then they almost feel, you know, like when you're pointing it out to them, they're not experiencing it naturally. It's just, it's a different experience. So it's, it's not natural. Yep. All right. We got to keep moving here. Um, one of the past questions uh, basically said, what are best practices to prepare for an inspection? Um, and there's there's different types of uh, inspections. I mean, there's city ones um, that you have to ahead of time. Now they're they're mm-hmm. looking for specific things uh, that they want fixed. But uh, most typically and most popular is that after you negotiate a deal, they have it contingent upon having an inspection done at the home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I 
I think if, you know, after you sell and then you're preparing for the inspection, it might be a little too late. <laughs> you know, I mean, your agent should be prepping you on that um, right from the beginning when you're listing your house. Mm-hmm. But uh, one big thing that I always say is that mechanical room has to be spotless. You want that spotless. You want new filters in there. Mm-hmm. You want it looking like you made it, uh, you know, you, you've been taking care of this house. I mean, right. so many times we've had inspections where, I mean, it looks like they haven't replaced a filter in six months. And so what do you automatically think well, there's something wrong with that furnace? And, and maybe let's spin that question a different direction where we say, like, let's say there's a concrete floor and the concrete floor has a crack in it and the, the buyer is a little suspect of it but doesn't say anything they, they come back and they have their inspector bring out a concrete specialist to look at that. And in the meantime, you've actually gone in there, you know, filled in the seam and actually recoated the floor with a new epoxy or something to make it look nice. I think there's, there's times where um, once you start taking the showings, that's where you almost have to stop the actual any home improvements on the house. You know, because when somebody writes an offer, I say that's when you should stop because they're, biting, they're writing that offer based on what you have there that they've seen. On the other hand, like what you're talking about is more maintenance issues, you know, like, like changing the air filters, changing yeah. the, you know, basically um, the what I would consider to be very, very smart and wise things to do. That so when that home inspector is running through that house, they actually see that there's been some attention in those areas of the house. Yeah, I'm, you know, and what I'm talking about is that you should be preparing for the inspection before you even list the house. Right, is what I'm saying. Even if yep. you sell it in 60 days and have an inspection after that, I mean that that work should have started 60 days ago. I see a lot of times yep. where trees are kind of rubbing against the house. You know, mm-hmm. get those off right away. They're going to ask for them, call for yep. them. And the other thing is, is that for an inspector, that's like another showing. Right. To me, you know, I mean, you can say whatever you want. I mean, yep. but you and I have walked through many houses and sometimes I can't even look past some stuff, which, I mean, we've been in thousands of homes mm-hmm. and think that we can. But that's the same thing with an inspector. Make it like, hey, turn the lights on. And you know who's coming back during that right. inspection is the buyers again. Mm-hmm. So, I've, But we've had some people where you come in there and they're already got boxes packed. All right. We'll continue this. And again, we always invite your calls and text messages related to real estate. 651-989-9226. We have another half hour of the show to go, so don't go away. And good morning. Welcome back to the Real Estate Show. If you have that kind of a question, call it in or text it in. Same number, 651-989-9226. Chris and Andy are in studio. And I tell you what, let's go to the phones. Jacob in North St. Paul, I believe, has been waiting. Jacob, what's your question? Yeah, thank you for taking my call. Mm -hmm. Um, I just uh, it's a it's kind of a somewhat of a home maintenance question, but also real estate. Um, I've got a house that I'm looking at buying. Uh, currently, we live in a house that's pretty dark. Um, this house has a lot of great features. Uh, it's missing kind of a key in my mind, key eastern window. Uh, the the idea of uh, vinyl siding. Uh, it, it's got vinyl siding. Is it is it uh, is it a big ordeal to you know? I guess how do you go through the process of uh, Looking at uh, you know, installing a window and does that add value? Is what are some of the difficulties? I'm, I'm just trying to get. I'm somebody that uh, always needs a little bit more of that eastern sun, um, and uh, it's the only thing the house is missing. I'm just trying to get some more information about that. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Jacob. I, I think you uh, and other people would probably be thinking the same thing because um, light and bright is uh, very helpful in selling, and it definitely makes a difference. Um, you know, obviously, if you have vinyl side and it's it's cutting mm-hmm. it out and adding some trim, I mean, that's not too pretty, hard to do. Pretty easy as long yeah. as it's not brittle. Yeah. But adding windows, I think, is always a great thing as long as it doesn't, uh, you know, ruin the, you know, the 
the work of the room, meaning that yeah. so you can put furniture somewhere. So if it's like, hey, that's the only wall to be able to put a TV on, mm-hmm. you know, you might consider doing like uh, punch windows up higher, you know, so you still get the wall. We've done that a lot yeah, where go. we still get in light, yet it's not ruining the relationship of the room. Right, exactly. And then, you know, depending on where he's at, you know, if you're in an older house and, you know, and it has the plaster, it can be a project too because when you're inside the house and you've got to put that header above that window, which is basically holding everything that's above it from putting pressure on that window, um, they do have to remove quite a bit of sheetrock sometimes on the inside of the house, even with a remodeling window to get the right, um, so you're not pinching your windows, right? So then there's some drywall work on the inside, but if you're not afraid of that, I'd say go for it because I do think it does add a lot of value. Uh, also keep in mind um, what you're going to be looking at if that window does go in. And if you're you know, watching TV and you're sharing, uh, watching them eat dinner at the same time, you might want to consider maybe those higher windows. You know, Otherwise, you've just got blinds on them the whole time. Depends on your version of a hobby, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most oh, reality boy. TV oh, you boy. can get, brother. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jacob. A, a texter wants to know, uh, do you think Zillow – uh, selling is going to be the, the the death knell of realtors. Oh wow! Is yeah. Zillow gonna is Zillow gonna get us? I don't think so. Um, I, Depends I, on if people stop buying their stock because yeah. they're losing money like crazy. They're losing they? money like crazy. Yeah, I heard a rumor on the street that there was a, there's a it's not a profitable venture at all in the Twin Cities market right now, and that they're trying to figure out how to make it profitable or kill it. Oh hmm. really? Yeah. So that's pretty some pretty reliable sources. Ah, yeah. interesting. I think I think you can. Uh, I mean, it's like the, it's like Amazon with stores. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people still like to go to stores and actually yeah. have to see what they're getting yep. uh, as well. And I think they use a realtor. So, yep. is, are we caught up on those? Well, and that, yes. that, just for the record, that was my opinion. That's nobody else's, and that was a rumor on the street. But it's here's the problem with buying and selling stuff. Was that through that window that you installed? Yeah, the, yeah. I was okay. listening to the Johnsons okay. have dinner. And they were talking yeah. about it. Um, the, uh, <laughs> no, but the, the idea there is this: when you're buying a property and you're taking all of that capital and you're tying it up, even if it's temporary, it doesn't matter. It costs something to do that. And when people, I think the biggest perception is, is this. I just don't want it to be the wolf in, you know, little Bo Peep or whatever her name was, clothing. It, they're an investor. When investors buy properties, they do have fees. They do have costs. They do have what. So when they say that they're different than a real estate agent and they don't have the big fees of a real estate agent, that's just straight up not true. They wouldn't do it for free. They're not doing it for free. And if you're in the situation where you think they would, you're kidding yourself. They're making money on those houses or they're making mistakes. And I think what's been happening is there's been a few situations where they have been paying more than what the house is worth to the average investor and they're losing money on those houses and they won't continue that for very long. So that's not a good business practice. For no, their their offers are gonna get they're gonna have to start getting more honest. And and you know, I've been hearing that anywhere let's say your house is, you know, what you a hundred thousand dollar house, we're seeing anywhere from a twelve to a fifteen percent discount at the end of the day for that house compared to a real estate agent that might charge you five or six percent to sell it. Yeah, we're we're going on forty minutes on the show, and we almost are done with our first text question that we're supposed to be going over. <laughs> did you did you hit the timer on that for me? <laughs> no, but we did find out that I actually did talk more than you in the first segment, which is weird. That's the first time ever. <laughs> um, okay, so back to that whole inspect or the inspection thing. Um, we talked. A, a big thing is is that I mean, obviously, not every house is brand new, and it's not two thousand nineteen built. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, what they do is they try to. Um, compare a house built in 1942 with a house that's built in 2019 mm-hmm. and want it updated exactly like that. Well, you would pay for a new construction house if that's the case. And I think people, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't like it 
set the expectations, you know, that you, you bought a 1942 house mm-hmm. and there's going to be certain things that are wrong with it. Right. You know, um, I mean, if they're hazardous, that's different. Yeah, but, but if it but works, but perfect it's example. Not you know, you look at like the railings. I mean, some of these older houses have railings that are not even knee high half the time going up the stairs that are steeper than what you can build nowadays, too. You get railing, and even in the more modern built, the 80s, 90s built houses where the spacing of the spindles, you know, you used to be able to be able to put a softball through them, and now you can't even, I think it's, a, what is it, a ping pong ball or a, or a, a small racquetball yeah. is about all you can fit through because they don't want people getting hurt. So, but that's current code. So an inspector might point that out to you saying, hey, listen, this isn't the code, but that doesn't mean that that seller has to change that or that you have to change that to enjoy that house. It's something that they're recommending for safety. So, you know, and there might be some lender requirements that might make you do that as sure. well. But I think when you go into an inspection thinking that you have to bring it up to 2019, I think you're just it's, you're being unrealistic. Right. Um, we had a house like that um, actually had three different inspections on it. Nothing was wrong. I mean, but it wasn't mm-hmm. 2019. And finally, the third buyer said, yeah, th- this is great. This is what it is. So, so just for clarification, you're telling us that if your house was built in the 60s, your house has to be to the 60s codes or 70s codes or whenever it was built. It doesn't have to be current. I don't, I don't know if I say that. I think that if it's hazardous and there's something wrong with it or you want something to be fixed, right. you can certainly negotiate it. But it's not an expectation that they have to because it's not to code, mm-hmm. I have to make it to code, and that's that's not the to, case. To current code, that's yeah, what I was trying right. to say. Yeah. Then did you say it? Can we just go to the second question? Okay, sorry about that. He's talking again <laughs> the, too much, Denny. Start the clock. Start the clock. <laughs> What's the next question? Uh, okay, the next one is, um, how about a holdover agreement? Okay. So, okay uh, they're asking what a holdover agreement is, and basically what it is is it's that um, a holdover agreement means that the sellers sell in the house, but they want to stay in the house, okay? And so they, they're holding it over for a certain amount of time. So mm-hmm. there's an agreement that you have um, at the beginning to be able to make sure that, hey, um, basically the new buyer turns into a landlord mm-hmm. at that point. Yep. And or the rent, seller, there's rent a, back. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a rent back, holdover, rent back. It's, it's called as well. Well, and holdover and leasing too. Like some people will say they have a holdover agreement with their, with their lease where they're leasing the property and then they're under a contract. Then the contract expires and the, uh, the, the actual uh, leaseholder will extend it to the tenant month to month. That's also considered to be a version of a holdover contract with a, with a lease. Yeah, and you got to watch it. Sometimes you, when you do a mortgage, mm-hmm. you you state that, hey, I'm moving into that house. There is a clause in there that you have to move in. I think it's within 90 days, so it's not like, hey, you can rent back to the seller. So, mm-hmm. a typical example of this is that, hey, the seller's building. Mm-hmm. They want to sell it, and hey, we want to stay here until we finish building, right? And then you know we'll give it back to you. So. Yeah, you want to lock in on the ridiculously low rates, and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's a text just came in that says a garage floor is crumbling. Should I replace before putting it up for sale? One hundred percent. Yep, you have to. I mean, because people always think it's a lot more expensive than probably what it is, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just it's it's your first impression. And if the garage floor is cl- crumbling then their automatic thought is that the basement floor is crumbling as well yep. underneath the carpet. Well, and there's all, there's alternatives too, Denny. You can actually have where there's um, uh, these companies that you, you've you endorsed, I believe, yeah. in the past where they come in and they, depending on what you mean by crumbling, if the surface is just ugly, you know, where it's pocking, where there's, you know, little... Uh, spalling. Spalling, whatever, yep. You, they, a lot of times they can go over that, coat it, and actually put an epoxy coat over the top of it, make it look shiny brand new, just like a, you know, like a commercial uh, garage floor. And uh, that's an alternative to look at as well before mm-hmm. you just rip it up. That's right. Absolutely. 651-989-9226.
uh, is the phone number, and it's also the text number. You can use them for both, 651-989-9226. Tell you what, let's take a break. We'll uh, have more show to come. We have to answer some more uh, text questions and phone calls if you prefer that method. And welcome back to The Real Estate Show. If you have that kind of a question, you can call it in. You can text it in. Same number, 651-989-9226. I know we have other text messages, but this one came in because uh, you guys were talking about a, 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 a epoxy on a floor covering. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know that you, I talked with our friend uh, Ron at Great Garage Floors. We yeah. did my floor and all that. Yep. So that's Great Garage Floors. Okay. Perfect. Very good. Good one to call. Yep. Okay. Um, personal property. How do you feel about including personal property for the agents with the sale or? of the home? Oh, for the, what? <laughs> no, I don't know. We sell real estate. We don't sell junk. I mean, this is where I've had. Pro- I mean, okay. Now let me now, preface remember what that. junk is. I, mean, I shouldn't say junk. Yeah. Personal property meaning things like where, where I get into trouble is when the people say, "Oh, I thought you'd want this furniture on the deck, so I left it," and then I have to go with my pickup truck and take it off there because we end up in a fight at closing over it because they didn't know they didn't want to throw it away. The new buyer doesn't want it. That kind of personal property is a problem. On the other hand, if it's an 80-inch TV that's brand new that just was mounted in the perfect location and everything's all tuned in, and you want to buy that from the seller, I understand that. That's but I want a separate agreement for that. Obviously, that has nothing to do with the sale of the house. Yeah, but we know in offers. I mean, it comes in a lot that they, you know, they want this, they want that, they want this and that, and you know, I think just personal property when it gets involved, it just causes. Problems. The, I know the, the statute other, of limitations is over on this one, but I tell you, I had one in Rogers where we had a leather couch, big sectional couch in the basement, and we were at closing. And the husband and wife that were selling the house were sitting there, and they were they they agreed to sell the couch for a very minimal fee. And they did their deal out in the hallway, and they came back in, and they were arguing. And the the seller's spouse had said, "Hey." That couch in the basement, actually, she goes, you know, it's pleather anyway. She goes, we didn't even really want it. And the only reason why we left it there is because we couldn't get it out of the house. <laughs> Turns into, well, then why am I paying for it if you can't get it out of the house? And I thought you said it was leather, so I'm not going to pay you what I already paid you. And I'm telling you, this whole deal was going to blow up. Oh, I ended sure. up buying the couch. Yeah. Yep, had to. And this, this is why I loathe personal property. I mean, I know it makes sense to a lot of people. I want to buy the house with all the furniture in it at a cabin. Good for you. But then... Agree to do that on the side. Don't put any expectations on it. You know, it has to be fully disclosed because it can just be a night. I mean, think about a, a $350,000 sale of a home being, right. you know, derailed by a pleather couch in the basement. And I'm like, if you don't think people fight and get emotional, they do. Then sometimes, though, personal property makes the difference in the end, too. Yeah. You know, hey, we'll, we'll throw in the, the dock. You know, the dock. I mean, that's, that's, that's personal property, a dock, mm-hmm. a hot tub, a shed. You know, mm-hmm. anything that's not bolted down, you know, uh, TVs. I mean, it, it states in the purchase agreement that the brackets are to stay, yep. but the TVs don't stay. Right. Then people say, well, gosh, the TVs are perfect for that area. Why mm-hmm. don't we ask for the TVs and get it in there? So yep. a lot of times we, we end up dealing with it, but that's I, about I think it's always best to keep it away. Electronics are one of the only times I really uh, I'm okay with. I think that the electronics and the as we've gotten more into the, you know, the um, voice commands and the, you know, automated garage doors and apps and all this other stuff. It's become part of the home, and I think that some of the language in our purchase agreements has started to reflect that. You know, is there any of these transmitters, is there any whatever that would be included? I think that it's it's only fair and because and, uh, think about having to retrofit, pull all that stuff out of your old house and try to put it into a new house. Now it's like the two-year-old equipment that doesn't have the right connectors on it. 
So you might as well leave it anyway and leave it as a gift to the seller. Or yeah. the buyer. I think it's always kind of interesting too when you get new purchase agreements and you can see what maybe some agents got burned on in previous deals. Yeah, right. <laughs> because right. they come the on. they write it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Two front door keys, you know, or right, something like that. Right. But, yep. All right. Uh, soon I'll be listing a home that needs lots of repairs. Is it better to, to do beforehand? If you want to make the most amount of money, you definitely want to do the repairs beforehand. Mm-hmm. I think maybe this person's implying that, hey, should we just do it and someone buy it as is? Yeah, you know, but here's the thing. I, I'll tell you, um, and, and not to say that we're taking advantage of anybody, but I've just observed this in the marketplace. The wholesalers come in and offer you a wholesale price where they can actually afford to make all of those repairs and make a, a fairly hefty profit and put the real estate commissions on top of that. So your offer, you can imagine what that offer will look like. On the other hand, if you go to market with an as-is, you have it listed with a real estate agent, and you find the person that says, wow, this was a $400,000 house being sold for three sixty. the investor offered you three hundred. And you get a little bit more for the house because that person that comes in thinks they can do everything themselves for less. They think they can, you know, finish a basement for ten grand when it costs you fifty. You know, people think, oh, I can do that wood floor for two thousand bucks and it costs you five. So, or put a window in the side of your house and you think it's a thousand dollars and it's five thousand dollars or whatever. So, those are the things that are perception sometimes is is good for you when there's handy people that buy your house. So, you've seen ads that used to say the handyman special. That's the audience right now that will pay probably the most that wants to live in the house. Yeah, and I'll tell you the thing we use a lot here is the word depends because it does depend. I mean, from a, not in Andy's terms, but uh, it depends where that house sits. I mean, let's just say it's it's on the water. It's a flat lot. It's a great place. Yeah. You know, maybe you don't have to put the money into those repairs. What is wrong with you, Daddy? I got to time him again. You're asking me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been with this guy too long. I just can't um, stop smiling at you. <laughs> yeah, you are a smiler. Uh, advantages of a contract for deed. Advantages? Well, there's advantages. Uh, well, for how about for a seller, seller or the buyer? Let's just say a contract for deed is typically held by the seller. Someone buys their place and he they become the financier uh, of the house. And so people, hey, I'll put 20% down, finance it. I'll take 6% interest rate mm-hmm. and you pay me off in five years. Yeah, if it's an investment property, it's really nice sometimes to receive that income in, in a couple different lumps. Um, so you have a lump sum for tax reasons. For tax reasons. Yep. yep, it's nice as a seller. Sometimes people like that. I've seen where there's also the ability to actually make a little money because right now, I don't know if you've paid attention, but there's not a lot of safe yields that are paying 6%. Uh, they like to pay you too. So some people look at that as actually a vehicle for using their money and actually go out and buy houses to sell on contract for deeds so they can make 6% on their money. It's actually an investment strategy. Totally. If you're not going to use that money you know, um, in right now, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not a bad thing. But I'll tell you the other thing, which you do – is you give yourself the ability within that contract for deed to be able to have the ability to refinance that loan up to a certain point. So if you need the cash out and go grab it, you can still do that mm-hmm. while you have the contract for deed. But a lot of people, hey, if I'm not going to use that money and I've got 200000 sitting there and I'm going to get 6% interest on that, I mean, I know a guy that's living in Thailand right now based on that's exactly mm-hmm. what he's doing. Yep. You know, so. And you know, buyer beware. We had a lot of those people that were buying houses with no money down and then they were selling them on contract for deeds, taking the deposits. So let's say that you had financial troubles, but you did have some cash. They were buying houses and mortgages were not being paid. And there was a fraudulent activity happening there where the, the, the scam was on the front end where they were just, you know, getting the loan, securing the property and selling it, wink, wink, to somebody else and taking the cash and running. Yeah, but we, we, we used to have those, not that that happened, but how we solved that problem was is that they had to supply after each month's payment was made 
that they had to show on the next payment letter mm-hmm. that it was paid right. before the person mm-hmm. would pay the next mortgage payment. And then they had the ability in that contract to pay the mortgage company directly. Yep. Yep. Well, we got the parade going on, right? Yep. We do. Uh-oh. Number 375, 338, and 364. I'm going to be bouncing between today and tomorrow. You go uh, to all of them? I do, yeah. yeah. I get. I can't sit still very long. We're at, one, we're at 116 out in big uh, Credit River, New Market Township, right behind uh, Heritage Links Golf Course in Reverence. Yeah, and then we have another one, uh, uh, 2721 178th Avenue in Ham Lake. I've got a just over 6,000-square-foot house with a perfect, if you have mm. multiple uh, generations where you have mom and dad or the kids or the college kids that came back, you're looking for a big, beautiful two-story, cul-de-sac lot, take perfect. a look at that on our website. Yep, that's awesome. All right, come on back again next week. We're going to have more real estate show here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.